Ladies and gentlemen, good morning. I'd like to start my speech with a quote from Mahatma Gandhi about happiness. He says, happiness is when you, when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony. So we, the inclusion promoters, how can we be happy in our, in our profession? That depends on how we conceptualize the thing, how we operationalize it, and then how we implement it. If those are not in harmony, inclusion will not bring any happiness. So my speech would try to look at those three things, how we conceptualized it, and how we tried to operationalize it, and how did we implement. When we the conceptualization part comes, uh, if we see the history of inclusion, we may find that there are four phases of inclusion. In the beginning, it was exclusion. And still exclusion is going on because it, it's a part of human life. And later on, we thought that some groups are somehow so much excluded, they need to be somehow addressed. So we started segregated models. That is segregation. And then we thought that, no, they have some potentials that need to be collectively used. So we thought that we need to bring them into, into our life. Because previously, the structure we made in our, in our society, we did not consider those people who are marginalized or excluded. So integration started. Later on, we felt that integration model still practices segregation. So that's why we now need an inclusive society. That's why SDG4 targeted to make an inclusive and equitable education for all, irrespective of any backgrounds. So inclusion is for all. That is the main thing. So conceptualizing that part, uh, there are two issues. One is the right perspective. That means every person has the right to be included in the system. And the other thing is how we do it. In principle, we know that inclusion is, a, is, a, is, a, is an approach to address or remove barriers to learning and acknowledge individual needs and potentials. And if we think about that, all children are the target groups of inclusion. Children who are inside schools, children who are outside schools. And children who are inside schools, if they are not attending, if they are not achieving their learning potentials, if they are not accepted in their society or community, they are somehow excluded. So within schools, exclusion happens. So this is the concept of inclusion that need to be operationalized and implemented to make society or a school or a, or a community inclusive. So when we started to operationalize those things, something went wrong. Because we did not have any visible model in front of us, which is an ideal model of inclusion. We did not have enough experience of implementing inclusion. 
So we had in front of us different segregated models, integration models, and we thought that those are some strategies or evidences that we can use to make schools inclusive or teacher education inclusive. So uh, different exclusion or segregated or integration practices happened in the name of inclusion. UNESCO did a study in 2013 to see how Asia-Pacific regions started to address inclusion through operationalizing and implementing it. And they found that when comes the issue of teacher education, what has happened actually is that a separate training initiated in many countries rather than embedding it into the existing training programs. So teachers thought that this is a different project of education programs, which has a target of, uh, of, of a limited time, and we need to learn some activities, and it will be ended at, the, uh, at a certain point. This, this was one thing. The other thing is, when we tried to make teacher education curriculum inclusive, we tried to insert a separate chapter on inclusion rather than embedding it in the different parts of the teacher education curriculum. So again, teachers thought that inclusion is a different concept. It is not a part of our, my regular activities. It is an additional workload for me. So these myths came up when this type of in introduction of inclusion happened in, 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 in practice or in operationalization. And this was the design part. And also, sometimes, as I said, that we have in front of us different segregated models. Sometimes special education contents were just inserted into the existing curriculum, and they thought that this is inclusion. So again, teachers became confused. And the 3H theory that, that was told yesterday, most of the teacher education programs are mostly theory-based. So head, hand, heart distribution was not properly done. So those were some challenges when we tried to operationalize in, it into, into teacher education programs. And it happened also in the education systems also. In many countries, there is a separate inclusive education cell within the ministry. And all the inclusive, inclusive education activities are operated by those cells. So this is not embedded in the regular training divisions, in the administration divisions, in the monitoring divisions. All the inclusion activities are done inside the cell. So exclusion is going on within the name of inclusion, in, in the name of inclusion. And in the content of teacher education program, isolated interventions were introduced to teachers. Teachers have to do these things for a child with hearing impairment, those things for child with visual impairment, that thing for a child with intellectual disability. Teachers are not introduced that how a big classroom will be inclusive and every child will participate. And each child's need will be addressed. And those inclusive pedagogy was absent. So teachers thought that in a big classroom, when I have four or five children with disabilities or different background I will have to have separate programs for each child. And th that was a big challenge for a teacher. And sometimes when we started to implement it in the classroom, 
first of all it comes textbooks and this is used by a teacher and also by uh, by the learners and inside those textbooks the instructions are not in harmony with the concept of inclusion and what has happened if you if you think of think of a textbook in a, in a school you will find that sometimes it is said that read the paragraph and explain or see the photograph or picture and express so if a child cannot see if a child cannot say what would be the instruction in 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 those books that that was absent so uh, the other thing is for implementation is teacher guide which helps teachers to perform in the classrooms so those teachers guides were also not in, uh, addressing those issues as an inclusive pedagogy um, sometimes isolated activities were given for teachers to address those special uh, needs or uh, any needs of language barriers or ethnic backgrounds so teachers did not understand how those things will be addressed in a big classroom and um, each child will be served and at the same time more focus was given in access that means okay uh, that means attendance or enrollment but teachers were not given the idea that inclusion means four a's access active participation achievement and acceptance so the if a school has uh, is is inclusive that school will ensure students enrollment active participation achievement and acceptance so how to do that the only way is making schools and everything flexible and the formal education system is in many ways very much rigid we have prepared a parallel education system in in many countries which is known as non formal education we believe that the formal education system has some faults due to that all children will not be addressed through that system so some children will be dropped out and non formal ed education system will catch those children and somehow address but if we think in in a opposite way the approaches that are used in non formal education if we can use that in the formal system if we can make the formal system more flexible it will be more inclusive and what is the impact of those malpractices or lack of harmony in conceptualization operationalization and implementation the impact is immediate impact is teachers concerns raised teachers became more negative so they try to avoid children who are challenging who has little difference so somehow they try to keep them out of the system so this is one way one thing the other thing is that collective effect of those malpractices since 2007 enrollment rate of global education is not increasing it is it is um, um, stagnant 
and also we all talk about numeracy, quality of numeracy literacy, those are absent. So, how much flexibility we need? We need, I will conclude with this, we need five W's. We need to think about five W's. Who, what, where, when, why. Who will learn? Every child. What will be learned? We need flexibility in that. Where? The place. So always we, uh, we think that a child has to come to a classroom, um, structured school system. If we have flexibility, a child can learn from home. Then when, time, age, those flexibilities are needed. And why, the purpose, it is actually depends on child's interest. So an inclusive teacher has to think that future schools will not have any boundaries. So they will need to adjust with that. If schools have no boundaries, there will be no out-of-school children. And there will not be any dropout, dropout children. And future schools will not have benches. So if there are no benches, there will not be any backbenchers. Thank you all.